Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The 139th edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty in the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline, hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. And it's been roughly two weeks since we've been back on the pod. It's been about a month since Anthony was here with me. And uh, today we're going to we're going to break down Carolina's non-conference schedule as it is out in full. The Tar Heels do know all of their non-conference opponents as well as their dates. And it's a very interesting schedule to say the least and we're going to take a look at all of that but before we get to that we start with the pod thought of the day we go to Vince Lombardi I thought with football season right around the corner maybe we use one of the the, the gridirons greats to, to give us a thought for today and Vince said the the price of success is hard work dedication to the job at hand and the determination that whether we win or lose we have applied the best of ourselves to the task at hand. So, faithful podcast co-host, I have to ask you, are you ready to apply the best version of yourself today's podcast? No. I'm, I'm just kidding. Of course. I, I, look, I always bring it, man. I've been off for a month because apparently I've been suspended or something. I've been you still owe me like 28 laps for all the cuss words. 28 you laps. I mean, that was so maybe that was just your punishment. You okay. Didn't. I got criticized for breathing heavily on the show, apparently, the last time that I was on. If I do 28 laps, you won't have to worry about me breathing heavily. If I'm breathing, you should be excited. <laughs> I, I just hope you're ready to bring the best version of yourself because Carolina's going to bring the best, the best version of themselves this non conference slate. And, uh, you know, with, with expanded conference games, you know, Carolina's now plays 20 in the ACC. We knew that the non-conference slate was going to be dwindled. They have just 11 games outside of ACC play this season, which is a really small number considering when, you know, I first got into college hoops, they were playing 13-14. Well, is, is, that counting, is that counting the P5 
PK-85 if they go all the way into like the, the tournament? They play three games no matter what. Oh, yeah, okay, all right, all right. So, um, And so I, I went through and I looked at it because 11 games leads to a very interesting schedule, and I got it like broken down into different categories. Mm-hmm. So the first category is home cooking. Oh, my God, the puns. UNC only plays five games at home during the non-conference portion of the season, and four of them are the first four games of the year. They don't then play again at home until the second week of December, where by then they would have already competed in the PK-85 Invitational, went up up to Bloomington to take on Indiana, mm-hmm. and then they, they would have already played an ACC game by then. It could be a, a, a home ACC game. But, I mean, only five home games during the non-conference portion of the season. That's the fewest amount of home games in Chapel Hill and the non-conference since the pandemic season when Carolina only played two games for ACC play. Now let's move to neutral site delight, where the Tar Heels will play in five neutral site games. I hate you. Um, including the CBS Sports Classic at MSG. First time they've been at the Garden since 2010. That aforementioned PK-85 Invitational out in Portland. And then, of course, the inaugural Jumpman Invitational here in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And of those five neutral site contests, Carolina will face a minimum of three teams that made the NCAA tournament. If they see Michigan State in the PK-85, which I think if you look at it right now, that would be the predicted matchup in the final. That means they would play four teams on neutral courts that were in the NCAA tournament last season. This is the most neutral site games for Carolina since since 2017-18 season, the year, of course, where they were defending their national championship. The next category, one for the road. Carolina only has one true road game during the non-conference season, and that comes at Indiana in the annual ACC Big Ten Challenge. The last time UNC only played one true road game before the ACC season was also during that pandemic season in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, a loss at Iowa. I I did research trying to figure out just how far back it was that Carolina last played one true road game. In a normal season. In a normal season. Yeah. It was like over 30 years when I quit researching. Wow. Like, because th- wow, this, th- this is a program that under even under Frank McGuire, Dean Smith, Bill Guthridge, Matt Doherty, and then, of course, uh, uh, under Roy Williams – we went and played any and everywhere in, in in the country. I mean, last year we were at the College of Charleston. We we even if it's a small school, Elon a, four, a few years ago got opened in their new building. What was the name of that building? Like again? The Shar Center or yeah, something you got like it, that. Yeah. That that will forever be drilled in my head. And then the the last one is, is kind of just more of like a more. I mean, it's a category, but more of just like a, a thought that we'll we'll touch on slightly, which was scheduling for the future, and that's because. Carolina is currently scheduled to play against three Big Ten schools this year. Oh, God. Michigan, Ohio State, Indiana, and it could be four with Michigan State and Portland. Let's please, please, can we can we not do the conference realignment? No, I'm, we're not, but like okay, with conference right, realignment right. still looming, uh, that's UNC's predicted lending spot has always been right, the Big Ten. You know, maybe we're, we're going to see these schools, which, I mean, look, Carolina, Michigan – Carolina, Ohio State, Carolina, Indiana, even Carolina, Michigan State, 
those are very good matchups for college basketball. I mean, Carolina Michigan is pretty much a yearly rivalry. I mean, we play that. We it seems like at this point we play them every possible year. In case you were wondering, where do we where do we play them? The Jumpman Invitational. Mm-hmm. By the way, there were two other teams that we could have been paired with. Like, oh man, but I mean, it, look, man, it's it's more than possible, and it's something that. At this point, is sticking in the back of all of our minds. But yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting way to put it. And and then, I mean, we've thank you historically, we've historically played pretty well against Big Ten opponents. Well, except for Indiana on the road, we yeah. have not. We've struggled there. And so now let's get into the the breaking down of the schedule. Yeah, and you know, look, I. The, the five neutral site games are going to be outside of the game against Portland. You're going to be facing quality Division One Power 5 competition. But you've only got the one true road game. And, mm-hmm. you know, for 18, 19 years under Roy Williams and all those years under, under Coach Smith, we, we treated the non-conference season as a season to get ready for the ACC season, which most years – has been the best conference in college basketball. The right. league's still been down the last couple of years, but I think last year the, the league really showed its its muscle in the NCAA tournament and really showed the depth is still there from top to bottom. It's just with different names now. It's with Miami's and the Florida State. It's not always Duke, Carolina, and, and, and the like. So when you look at the schedule from top to bottom, only five games at home, five away from home, and just a one-true road game, knowing Carolina's going to enter the season – the presumptive favorite to win the ACC and the national championship. We don't have the ACC schedule out just yet, but is this a schedule that adequately prepares Carolina for what's going to be a rigorous 10 games away from uh, Chapel Hill during the ACC season? I mean, I think so. I think, you know, and I get it. You brought this up earlier when we were sort of planning this out, that it's not quite the same having to – play in a neutral site as it is having to go into somebody else's gym and beat them. I mean, we saw last year that, look, environments, even at these smaller schools, can play a factor in, in a game. That If that game last year against the College of Charleston was in Chapel Hill, it would not have been as, as close as it was. The reason it was that close was because that was one of the biggest games in their program's history. Mm-hmm. Their student section showed up, and it was a pretty good environment. So I, I get that. But my thing is, is you look at the caliber of opponents that they're going to have to face. And yeah, Portland aside, I think after that, there is a reason why this is probably every five years, this will be the most widely regarded tournament. And I mean, for crying out loud, there's two brackets to this tournament. That's how prestigious this thing is. There's that many teams in it. So I think they're going to get tested there. Clearly, they're going to get tested on the road in Indiana. One, Indiana made the tournament last year. They were showing some signs of taking a step forward. They returned their best player from a year ago in Trace Jackson Davis. And now, I mean, you would think they are set up to take another step this year. And you have to go on the road there. By the way, place where, one, you've struggled. And two, you've done it against some teams historically for Indiana that haven't been sensational. So I think you will be tested in that game. And then, I mean, you look here in Charlotte. And look, that that one will probably be more of a home game. Yeah. You would expect. You would imagine. But it's still a neutral site game. It's still against a team in Michigan that is, honestly, at this point, is pretty familiar with you. And they're a legitimate opponent. So I, I think 
I think they're going to be tested, not to mention the CBS Sports Classic. I I mean, you you put all of those together, and I feel like that is going to test you enough to where you will feel confident going into the ACC season that you're in a good spot. And as you mentioned, you also have that early ACC game. That was something that didn't used to be on there, too. So that, who knows, that could be a road game, whatever. Last year, that was a road game that served Carolina well in the end. It sort of got them prepared for conference play, and we thought it helped them build a little momentum early before their sort of struggles in the middle, before they picked it back up again. So, I mean, I I think I'm not panicking because of the way that they scheduled this one, especially when you throw in the fact that now this year you have that Jumpman Invitational domino that you didn't have in other years. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, you know, they're going to people are going to say – this is a team that has legitimate national title aspirations, and that they do. I, I think we've both labeled this season, barring injuries or the like, that this is a national title or bust season. That yep, they you know, with and with how much experience is coming back, do they have to be prepared? Look, yeah, this is an experienced team, and you're bringing in an experienced transfer. But how many times have we seen Carolina teams that would go on to win national championships or be national title good? get blasted in, in their first road ACC game. The 9 team lost their yeah. first road game. The twelve they, you know, they lost their first two conference games. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You know, the, the the 12 team lost at Florida State by 33. Like, we, we have seen this team, when they've been national title good, struggle on the road in the ACC and you know look it's it's you you want to you want to lose that first that first one. no i i'm just saying like that's part of the that's part of the whole recipe that we have concocted i'm just messing around so like i i, I but i do feel like when you look at the schedule that it it does given that you've got the jump man which now is going to be a, you know a scheduling fixture for the foreseeable future you you just resigned to stay with the CBS Sports Classic for the foreseeable future. You're in Portland this year, but you know next next Thanksgiving you're going to be somewhere competing in a in a premier tournament because you're the premier brand in college basketball. And, and so I do think even though they're neutral site games, it does prepare them enough. And then when you get into ACC play, you're leaning on that experience, that leadership. You've got four guys that were in the most hostile environment in the history, maybe, of college basketball in a regular season game when they went to Cameron Indoor uh, last last season and beat Coach K and beat Duke in his final game in Cameron, you'll be able to lean off of that. But, you know, with this, there, 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 there does bring some other questions and worries about the schedule. I do think that with 20 conference games and with you having, you know, two neutral site venues on top of whatever annual tournament you're going to compete in, I do think this has gotten rid of that traditional, and we haven't done it the last couple of years because of COVID, but taking a senior or a upperclassman back home to play in front of their home crowd. And I do think that maybe when the schedule does fall a certain way, maybe you'll see a Hubert Davis take a guy like, you know, Armando Baycott to Virginia or R.J. Davis to New Jersey or Caleb oh, Love. He, he does that already when they play Duke. <laughs> or Caleb Love to, you know, back to Missouri. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that we kind of just forgot about the last couple of years because of COVID. But in this new schedule model, you're going to lose something that 
could very or you could you could be losing something that was a a fabric of this program the last 50 60 years from Dean Smith and and the and the coaches that came after him I mean look I I don't I wouldn't panic yet I wouldn't I wouldn't freak out and say that's definitely disappearing um but yeah I mean it's it's going to be it's going to be a little bit different um because you know it, it's it's a new coach and I think that you're just kind of you know, you're entering a different, uh, uh, certainly a different time. I, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. I think ultimately they will probably go back to that because that was a staple of this program for so many years. Um, but the other thing now is, I mean, there's so many curveballs with all these, all, all the conference realignment and everything. It is just, uh, it's it's unbelievably difficult to schedule anything at this point because everything can shift in the blink of an eye. I mean, you could go to a conference that plays, you know, 18, 20 conference games from a conference that played 14 to or 16. Like that, so it's so hard. Like even if you put these games on the schedule, it's not always a guarantee. I would like to see that stick around. There's no doubt in my mind that I'd like to see that as something that they use moving forward. I mean, yeah, I think it'd be interesting to go on the road and play at Missouri. Um, you know, at you brought up earlier at Rutgers. Um, I mean, it, it, to be honest with you, with that one, I mean, you could, especially if you were doing it this year, there'd be an there'd be an obvious one this year. Although they did lose their head coach, you just go play St. Peter's. You played them in the tournament. They're from New Jersey. Go play them up there. You know. So I mean, yeah, it, it would be cool certainly to see that. The other thing is, is you wonder, is this going to sort of lessen? the trips to these local schools around this area to try to help sort of boost up these programs and have those big moments for that school. You wonder, is is that something that is going to eventually kind of disappear um, if they're looking and saying, like, like you're saying, hey, we need that one road test before we actually get into conference play. So that could potentially eliminate those games too. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely something that I think – if you're going to look for a source of why that's going to end up happening, if it does, it would be the ACC schedule. But I, I think because it's been a tradition for so long, I think that maybe eventually they will get back to that. The other thing to remember during this time is that remember when all of these types of games were sort of scheduled out. It was still during COVID. So there was all there are games that were scheduled for certain reasons, just in case we were still in that mindset, that maybe moving forward you don't have to have on the schedule. You know, and, and I I get that. It's it's just something that in in an ever changing landscape that is college athletics. Oh, I know that you're, is college you're basketball. A I, know. Um, I I don't want to see our program lose sight of that. I, I think the biggest thing I took away from this schedule. Wasn't just the lack of true road games, which I do think, um, you know, for a young team is going to be very, it, it, it could hurt them because they could go into games and lose them off of environments. But you notice the five games on neutral courts. And this is the most since Carolina played five in 2017, 2018. But I don't think it's by accident because because here's why, as my voice cracks. <laughs> Um, as as important as it is, is preparing yourself to win on the road in the ACC mm-hmm. because you got to if you want to win a conference championship. Yep. Where's the NCAA tournament played? I was thinking the exact same thing. 
five seconds ago. And, and so I, I I don't think it's by accident that that could be a tweak we see from Huber Davis as as he is making this as he's putting his fingerprints on this program. Well, Not, especially for a team this year that we're saying title or bust. And again, he he to be honest with you, he didn't really control any of this. PK eighty five was already scheduled. You're you've been in the CBS Sports Classic rotation, and you were scheduled to be in the Jumpman Invitational. But for this team, I think it sets up really well because the ultimate goal of this team is not to win a road game in the ACC in January. The ultimate goal of this team is to win the NCAA tournament yep. and cut down those nets. And those neutral site games, they will certainly pay off learning how to play in those different environments, playing in, you know, I mean, none of really all of those places are, are, are basketball venues, so it's not going to be exactly the same. But learning how to have it, you know, a, a change of scenery, a place you haven't played before, and learning how to play in that environment. So I think it'll be great for him. You know, and, and that was what I really juggled with this was that, you know, would I rather my team be prepared to win that random Tuesday night game in Boston College? When it's that random Tuesday night and they're in Conti Forum, yes, I want to want us to win that game. But With like four people in the stands, exactly. But like we're especially this year, like we're entering this year where it's like, you know, it's 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 about getting to March, but we're going to determine this season as either a success or a failure by what they do in three weekends, which is really unfair as a guy who beats down the door that claims that college basketball is not just a three weekend sport. Even though that's what TV has turned it into. Oh, this is tearing down your argument here. You know, yeah, this, hate to see this. this is what, for us as Tar Heel fans, our season's going to build to the NCAA tournament. But, and, and that's why it makes a lot of sense. Have them on neutral courts in different environments. At the Garden will be interesting because when Carolina played there frequently, even though they're up in, you know, Duke's hometown, there's a nice Carolina contingent that will show up and show out to see the Tar Heels play at the Mecca of basketball. When they go to Portland, you'll be in an NBA arena for at least two of the games and, and maybe, you know, uh, another arena for the other one. So that's a different experience. And then you've got, you know, the Jumpman will be here in Charlotte. It'll be a pro Tar Heel crowd. But in an NBA gym where it's like even if it's, you know, 75, 80% Carolina fans, it's not going to be as loud as as if the game was in Chapel Hill the way that the Spectrum Center is constructed. All the noise is just going to kind of rise to the top and stuff like that. So I do think it's smart scheduling. And I do think it's something that it's not that necessarily Hubert Davis disagrees with Roy Williams, but like, you know, when, when you're having to follow in the footsteps of a legend, one of the best to ever do it, like Roy Williams is. You've got to find a way to be comfortable in who you are. He always talked about running the program and his shoes and his personality, putting his fingerprints while using the same principles. I think that's going to be one of his fingerprints. Is like, hey, you know, when you see us at home in the non-conference season, they're going to be gimme wins. So come out and see us play against schools that you know we're going to beat outside of if we play the ACC Big Ten Challenge game in Chapel Hill. But we're going to go, I'm going to take my team, and we're going to make it a national program. We're going to travel from coast to coast. But it's all about preparing us to be the best team come March. And ultimately, that's what matters. As much as I want to win an ACC regular season championship, as much as I want to win an ACC tournament championship, because I value and those things still mean a lot, and the threat of our conference dissolving really makes me 
you know, value those things so much more. Oh, oh, it's, oh. it's blood pressure's going up. Settle down over there. It's 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 all about getting to that final Monday night and having the happy result. Not not because last year getting there was good enough. Because you were an eight seed six weeks six weeks before the tournament, you weren't a you weren't a tournament team. And then you go on this fantastic ride, a journey that made all of us, including me, a lifelong diehard Carolina fan, re-fall in love with the program and make us remember why we love the program. Getting there was good enough. But most years getting there isn't good enough. Getting there and you lose, you you still you still fail and you still didn't achieve what you wanted to achieve. So uh, it will be interesting to see. I mean, this was – he still hasn't even had his first full ability to put a schedule together. Like, he still hasn't had that. Because, Ex- exactly. Yeah, so, no. it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But I do think we'll see a lot of neutral site games for the Tar Heels in their future. Yeah, and, well, and again, I mean, look at the stuff. You know, they re-upped the contract, as you said, with the CBS Sports Classic. You've now got the Jumpman Invitational, which that is a yearly thing. It, it it's just got a short contract, so it's like with CBS Sports Classic. As long as it gets renewed, gotcha. Like it, I think uh, yeah. it runs for like twenty twenty six or twenty twenty eight. Okay, so yeah. as long I mean, as they're so, making money, they'll renew it. I mean, but still, you got to think five years that that'll be on oh, six years if it goes to twenty eight that it'll be on the docket. I mean, that's that's still a pretty significant time span there. And then yeah, as you as we know, Carolina will always play in a preseason tournament of some a a thanksgiving weekend tournament of some kind there's and it's always going to be a prestigious one so yeah neutral site games will be important for this team moving forward and i think oh you know like you said ultimately that is that's important for these guys yeah you value the road games there's no doubt about that you want to be able to go into tough environments and learn about the will of your team when they're having to face those types of moments but you can also learn some of that stuff in neutral sites. I mean, especially, I mean, here's the thing. You want to play a neutral site game where it's basically a road environment, just play Kansas because they always play neutral site games in Kansas City. <laughs> so, I mean, but in all seriousness, like, I, your point was was great because I was thinking the same exact thing. Of I am concerned about what this team is able to do in a tournament setting it is rare that you have to go this this is not the if it was the women's tournament then it makes sense because you have to go I mean they they literally seed Connecticut in the Bridgeport region every year then okay you want to go and play on the road in those types of environments here I mean they do a pretty solid job again Kansas seems to always end up in Kansas City or St. Louis but you know they do a pretty solid job of putting teams in legit neutral locations especially when you get into the games that matter later in the tournament so I'm not I'm not going to criticize how Hubert sets up the schedule like you said he hasn't been able to set up the full schedule yet and look I mean it's it's a lot easier the good news is is that this is not like college football where I think Carolina has games scheduled in like 2034 or something college basketball isn't that crazy they don't go that deep into scheduling that far out so it should allow him to have some of that freedom over the next couple of years. And I think when he gets that freedom, you will see. And and the other thing is, is look, if he realizes with the schedule that they have this year or even over the next couple of years, man, this is a team that just doesn't seem to be ready to go when they get into ACC play on the road. He can adjust it and say, 
we got to schedule more games on the road. You you can have maybe an after I fire period. him because he didn't adjust his coaching until I fired him on the pod. That's what you got to do, man. I mean, if that if if I I got to tell you, I think if he does not schedule more than one true road game next year, just go for it. <laughs> just go for it right here on the pod. Any other thoughts on the schedule before we get out of here? No, I mean, again, the thing with college basketball at this point, especially in the ACC, your schedule. You're, before you can get a good feel for where you think this team is going to be at, you have to get the conference schedule. You got to see who that early game is going to be. You have to see, you know, kind of what that home stretch is going to be like. Because right now, with 20 conference games, I mean, you got to think that is what over two thirds of your schedule for the entire season. So it's you. You can't really get too overly invested in just these groups of games but it's it's certainly an interesting one and it's one that I think should should excite Carolina fans this year because we both said it we think it's going to get this team ready for what the ultimate goal is and that ultimate goal as we have stated really since the season ended last year and all the guys announced they were coming back that goal was to get to Houston back to that fun that final Monday night and this time cut down the nets and have that ultimate one shining moment. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll get you this week's ad from DraftKings. And then when we come back, we got a few closing notes before we get out of this edition of the Four Corners podcast. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba da ba ba ba. College football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year, right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. If that's not enough action, you can also place a same-game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one like which team will get the win, which team to score first, and more. Whether that's in the Carolina FAMU game or Ohio State Notre Dame, you can do all of that same game parlaying at DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on any college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 or older in most eligible eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligible restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for terms and resources. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at one 1- 800-889-9789. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. One per new customer, minimum $5 wager and $2 issues as $825 free bets. Really hope you guys are taking great advantage of all these great offers I've been giving you on the Four Corners podcast same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough Blog podcast as we've been cranking out pods left and right to get you ready for the upcoming football season. We do have a few closing notes 
for you guys. Last time we were with you, of course, we didn't have a full non-conference schedule. I'm going to trust by now that you have all those dates and opponents for Carolina. They got Ohio State in the CBS Sports Classic. They do have Michigan in the Jumpman Invitational, and they will start their Thanksgiving holiday against Portland out in the Phil Knight 85 Invitational. So other than that, Brady Manick, after spending the summer league with the local Charlotte Hornets, he has signed a deal with the Perth Wildcats out of the NBL in Australia, and he's joined one of the, the better clubs, teams, overseas as the Perth Wildcats have won 10 NBL titles. And, um, you know, I, I think it was a distant hope for Brady to make an NBA roster. Maybe in the future he'll land on an NBA roster. But nonetheless, the bearded menace that is Brady Manick, he will continue his pro career. This time it'll be down under with the oh, Perth Wildcats. Okay. By the way, he, he did – he, he did some good things in summer league. Yeah. I thought defensively he played a lot better than we thought. We thought there could be some moments where he would get exposed playing against better athletes, but I, I got to hand it to him. I, I really thought that, and to be honest with you, I mean, he's probably better off that he's not on the Hornets. That, that franchise right now is just in such turmoil trying to figure out their direction overall. So I think for him to go, you know, overseas where he will probably be a legitimately significant role player for that team is going to be cool. Also, he should do pretty well with the Australian ladies with the beard because I don't know if there are got many many dudes over there in Australia that have that much facial foliage. Anyway, good luck to you, mate. Uh, former oh point guard no. and 2017 national champion Nate Britt. He has joined the Stanford program as their director of player development after a career overseas. He played in England, um, and he is now, you know, wanting to get into the coaching side of things with basketball. Lands with you know former Tar Heel assistant Gerard Haas, and was a you know who who coached and played for under Roy Williams when he was at Kansas. Followed him to Carolina, went to UAB, and is now out there in Palo Alto. And then lastly, this was announced today. For those of you that have missed the blue-white game, which was discontinued by Roy Williams when he got to Chapel Hill, it is coming back, and it's coming back August 27th. It'll be in at the Smith Center at 4 p.m. Um, with tickets going on sale for $12. That's four hours before the home football opener for Carolina football against FAMU. So if you're already going to be in Chapel Hill and you're wanting to buy some time before a late night kick against an FCS opponent, we've got the perfect thing for you to go do. And also, if you spend 150 bucks, you can have an autograph session as well. This is an NIL thing that the program is just pushing out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great to see the scrimmage back because this this was a staple of, of Carolina basketball. But when the NCAA changed their rules about what you could do in the preseason um, before the start of the season, Roy Williams valued the two scrimmages as opposed to a scrimmage against himself and then another local opponent. That seems like Hubert Davis is going to get back to doing the scrimmage each other. And, of course, they've got the scrimmage against Johnson C. Smith, which means there won't be a secret secret scrimmage for the Tar Heels this season. And it's very cost-friendly and stuff like that. So if you're not going to be able to get, get to Chapel Hill for an actual game, this is a good chance to get up to the Smith Center, see this team, spend some extra money, you know, support these players on and off the court um, and maybe get an autograph or two. So really cool to see 
that coming back. And it's a really cool way with NIL being at the forefront of college athletics to kind of intertwine that and allow fans, players to have access, you know, to 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 their favorite heels. Well, I'll be interested to see what this also does with the late night festivities. Does that mean that they still play that scrimmage? Because if they do, I mean, that's two chances to get a look at these guys. So it'll give you a chance as a fan to kind of get a better feel for this, rather than you know the one night that you go out and watch them. On you know at late night and look I mean there's guys that are going to have off games that night or whatever so this will give you another chance to see that instead of you know the secret scrimmage as you mentioned which I mean look I think it prepares it's prepared this team before because they've played some tough opponents but pretty much the only thing that we ever learn about the secret scrimmage is the final score and the statistics we have no and and, and by statistics I mean pretty much you know points and that's pretty much it you don't really get a good overview of what this is so for people on our side of things yeah it's it's really awesome and I I think it's a great opportunity as you mentioned tie in the NIL stuff and it's awesome and you gotta that's one thing that you've really got to hand to Carolina basketball they have done an outstanding job of marketing these guys giving them these opportunities and working with them to create their own name, image, and likeness and boost it here, you know, throughout this offseason because it is amazing how quickly things have taken off. And for us, I mean, it's it, it's it's great as well. Um, for all those people that are probably still on the, you know, still worried about NIL and all that stuff, the only thing you've got to remember is that, look, without that, we don't have these T-shirts, all these great things that have come out over the last couple of years. And, and it's just it's just an opportunity for some of these guys to make money that they can live off of at the college level. I think it's tremendous. Unfortunately, unfortunately due to our jobs, we will not be able to attend either one of the events on that night. Nope, sure ah. won't. But uh, this is a great way, and I do think Bubba Cunningham has done a great job with the entire athletic department navigating and putting that Carolina logo, that Argyle, that Carolina blue on the national landscape and is, and is a big reason why Carolina is still Carolina in the new world of college athletics. That's going to wrap up this edition of the show. Before we let you go, we do encourage you guys to go to the website HeelToughBlog.com, where right now, as you can imagine, it's football-focused. Anthony is going through, getting you ready with position previews for the upcoming season, which is just 10 days away. And then next week, we'll be getting you ready for that home opener four hours after that blue-white scrimmage against FAMU, which kicks off at 8 o'clock, which will kick off a very important 2022 season for Mac Brown and Tar Heel Football. As for the podcast, you know where to find us, every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we will pop up. You can like and review the pod right there. We'd appreciate if you did both. But most importantly, we do encourage you guys, hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the off season. With that, that's going to wrap up this edition of the pod. I want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always... Go Tar Heels.
The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast.